0: Welcome to the Career After COVID podcast, where you'll get actionable ideas to survive the pandemic and economic downturn, and take your career to the next level when it's over. Here's our co-hosts, Fleur Hull and Kim Korolevich. Hi, Kim. Hey, Fleur. How are you this week? Good, good.
1: It's been a cold week here in Perth, but a good week. It's sunny today and cold, and uh, school holidays, so not as productive as I normally would be. But yeah, we got our goats at the farm on Wednesday so that took up a bit of time and they're gorgeous and lots of fun I saw it on Facebook yeah (laughs) funny isn't it they're
2: going to be out. yeah
1: yeah it's going to be a real uh, adventure and to see if they're going to eat this noxious weed which is the whole reason we've got them yeah uh you can hear some whimpering in the background it's our dog getting upset about something, not not having her papa here or something, so um, just ignore that. I'll try and
0: edit it out for our listeners.
1: (laughs) How about you? How's your week?
0: Good. I've sort of been everywhere this week. I've been to Canberra and I'm currently in Sydney. Um, I kind of say I'm a bit trapped in Sydney because I can't get a flight home, but it's not strictly true. I think I'm sort of enjoying having some time in Sydney and because the border to Queensland opened um, today, like every man and his dog seems to be flying to Queensland. So I've kind of been a bit limited on my flight choices that I'm used to. Um, So, yeah, I'll be here till next Tuesday. But I'm still getting lots of stuff done and just a nice change of pace scenery and seeing old friends. So it's been quite lovely and nice and kind of chilly, which I really enjoy. So Yeah, true, true. And getting some study done? Absolutely, not as much as I would like, <laughs> yeah. but this week's kind of a revision week because I've just got a piece I need to submit uh, this weekend. It's not a huge piece at all. but um, Do you have exams? Yeah. Sorry? Do you have exams? in? Oh, uh, yeah, end of semester. Okay, yeah. so, yeah. It's a remote one. It's not like I have to go to an exam centre or anything yeah, like sure. that. So, yeah, sure. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, good. Yeah, so all going well and working on a few business ideas, which has been good. Great. yeah so really good week Excellent. Really good. um
1: and I wanted to do we usually do a shout out to healthcare workers but I guess I want to focus our shout out today to our Victorian friends and family and whoever because they've been gone back down into lock, lockdown and uh yeah it must be pretty tough sort of having your freedom taken away from you again so I'm thinking of them my brother lives in Victoria um, but he's out in the country, so he's not locked down. Um he's yeah, he's a, a dairy farmer, so he's sort of I think reasonably safe from all the Melbourne
0: chaos. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. So, I know it's been quite chaotic and crazy. So Yeah,
1: disconcerting. You know, I, I think, think it, we, we sort of drop our level of confidence, even though here in WA, we've we're we're pretty much isolated. Like and you know, so many people are just saying keep the borders shut forever, kind of thing until there's a vaccine, which is not going to happen. We are going to have to open up at some point, and there will be outbreaks. Um, so I think this just brings that home that you know it's it's not going to go away until you know pretty much everyone's vaccinated.
0: Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting with, like I said, the Queensland border opening today. Um, To see what happens there too. So they've been so vigilant up in Queensland. So we'll see, right? Like who knows? knows. You can't. It's I mean, I guess they've got to try it, right? Open it because we can't stay in lockdown forever, like you say. I mean, it's how long's how long's a piece of string. So Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So today I've been doing a bit of reading on innovation and productivity and just always keeping in my mind that, um, you know, this is, yeah, obviously it's a health issue, but it's the the economics of it, which is really, you know, I guess the reason that we started this podcast, right? We lost our jobs. Yeah. (laughs) Which was sort of an economic episode in our lives Mm. and thinking about us as economic units um, but also the economy in a wider sense and our community and and how what sort of things we can be doing as individuals to generate some ideas that might boost productivity or just um, you know revenue sources, those sorts of things. So um, yeah, that's what I thought we'd talk about today some some top tips for devising new business ideas or um, problem solving. Cool. So, that's, yeah, that was sort of where I'm pitching things at today and it's great you can join me to chat again. I know you're going to have some great ideas in terms of sort of creative imagination and design thinking and those sorts of things given your background. Sure. So I was just, yeah, as I said, thinking about innovation as an economic tool and um, the productivity will be critical to our recovery and innovation is part of this. Um there's been a lot of talk about the medical innovations, and, and that's obviously a big part of it in terms of, of sorting out the virus and caring for the people that have got it. Um, but prosperity comes often comes from new ideas, and um, I guess I've just been trying to think about how, yeah, we can we can push forward as a country, but also. Not leave the vulnerable behind as well. that's sort of in the in my mind as well that we're not just kind of going capitalism, yeah yeah yeah, and forgetting about the people who let's face it, there's going to be people who are not going to bounce back quickly from this even when the rest of the economy gets close to being back to normal.
0: yeah, that's right, and the people that were probably already in those disadvantaged positions and then know, exacerbated by this potentially and, yeah, the bounce back, right? Yeah. What are they the bounce back or is it the snap back? Uh, snap back. Snap back, back. back. Yep. Yep. I, I
1: don't, I, I just, I think that's kind of not even, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it's It's a relevant term now. I, I, I can't see, especially given Victoria, that it's going to yeah. be some sort of quick V-shaped recovery. Yeah. But I'm not a, like an expert economist by any stretch, so I guess we'll wait and see. Exactly. Mm. Um, so obviously governments have a role to play in this and we've been talking about this with so many things. Obviously government drives this in terms of the, you know, the welfare support along the way and now in terms of getting us back to sort of a recovery. And there's always been funding for innovation and research and development. So that's part of it. I was reflecting on Malcolm Turnbull's ideas boom back in 2015. Yeah remember that it was there was quite a lot of cynicism about it and it was kind of well-founded in the end because it was I think they I read they did an assessment of it and it was just really a lot of fluff
0: yeah any
1: key metrics that really got defined let alone measured
0: yeah no I think they tried to implement a lot of programs and initiatives based on research but then it's really hard in that space you know they're talking about ideas booms and entrepreneurship and startup tech and there's such a fast-moving fast-paced environment that being weighed down by too much bureaucracy is almost like the absolute you know antithesis of what the ideas boom is about so (laughs) it's kind of like yeah the delivery is always a difficult thing when governments involved and as much as i think it's fantastic that government supports these things it's that delivery is always fraught with issue and bureaucracy and which again it's government so of course it is so it's that hard sort of fine line of yeah you know, where do they support and where do they step off but yeah
1: Mm-hmm. It's sort of like I think, you yeah, know, great idea. Come and fill out this form, and we can take yeah. it further for you. you know? yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I know, and and that's what a lot of the reading I've been doing about it, is that often government's role is is to step back.
2: That's
1: right, and I think from you know some of the reading I've been doing, the speed at which governments and regulators have had to uh, turn approvals around for all sorts of things like medical devices in the pandemic has demonstrated how slow we are during business as usual.
0: Exactly and I mean isn't that it's I mean that's kind of a positive right to say actually we can do this. Yeah we and, that, do- and that's
1: the, the hopeful thing I think that that yeah, yeah. Like, and things like working from home
0: uh-huh.
1: and you know people businesses Changing their policies so that people can work more flexibly. All of that, I think that's um, that's yeah going to to hopefully endure.
0: Yeah, for sure. Hopefully.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> um, and I,
1: you know, I, I, yeah, talk, talking with with people around. I was at a family funeral earlier this week. My uncle died. He's ninety. Beautiful life. So, you know, I'm sad for my cousins. And yeah. that have lost their dad and pop, but it was yeah. a really beautiful celebration. But yeah, inevitably, in the at the wake, chatting to people, and one of my cousins works in government, and he um, he said how impressed he was that everyone really, you know, everyone has a got public service, but he said everyone really pulled out all stops uh, to turn things around, get programs up. I mean, he, this was a department that was critical. In those early stages, and uh, he was yeah he was really amazed, and he yeah he hopes that that this will continue, and not just in government but in business as well that that we won't have excuses to not make things flexible and less bureaucratic.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Let's hope.
1: Um, some other reading that I did um, a couple of economists Tyler. Cowan and Robert Gordon I like this quote we're no longer inventing things that change the world like toilets and cars but increasingly playing with trivia like social media wow so it's quite pessimistic but it's yeah. kind of, it kind of rings true right oh it does I think it does. I mean yeah we are coming up with things like even things like the electric car for example but a lot of it's incremental Innovation, there's not any sort of step change or breakthrough sort of stuff
0: happening. Well, no, no. I can't think of the last kind of game changer.
2: Yeah, well, the internet.
0: The internet, yeah, Wi-Fi.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Smartphone. What one?
1: Smartphone.
0: Smartphone, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's... Yeah, not world changing at all, is it really? We are
1: kind of stuffing around on social media a fair bit.
0: Mm, mm, mm. But thank God for the toilet. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine my life without one. So. It's, it's the toilet. Thank Mr. The toilet, Mr. Toilet, yeah, isn't it Mr. Crapper or something? <laughs> is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. That's and that's why they sometimes say crap Crapper because oh, that was the brand. Oh really?
1: Yes, I yes. thought that was just an urban myth.
0: No, I'm pretty sure it was a uh, Mr. Crapper or something like that, of Germany
1: yeah. or something Crapper or
0: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> hmm. <Have> to look <laughs> that up. Bless. Yeah, bless him. Um, so yeah, and one what, what are the other things I read which I hadn't thought about, but in light of our experience in universities? Um. Another thing that's come out of the pandemic and sort of rush to get solutions is these big uh, academic publishing houses have made access to scientific papers more open. Oh, really? They just make it so hard to access. Well, basically the research that we pay for as taxpayers, right, get published in these academic journals, which is the only way of sort of getting any academic credibility for it yeah going through the peer review process Mm -hmm. and then it's locked away behind a firewall Mm. and the general public who's paid for it can't access it Mm. Mm. but there has been more opening up of that particularly I guess in stuff relevant to COVID
0: so so if it's in like a peer-reviewed journal so you can't access that still is that what you mean no, you have to
1: have a, a subscription.
0: Oh, of course, yeah. For your uni
1: right. access through as yeah, a university employee. Yeah, I've got that. And I just okay. was
0: like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, okay, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely
1: we've gotten okay. used to having yeah. working at universities. So we can look yeah. at
0: anything. And they're not cheap, right? Those subscriptions. No, no. yeah, exactly. Okay.
1: So, okay. Um, fingers Which crossed.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: Don't know what that will mean for their, obviously, that will impair their business models, but. You know, people have got to be demanding more and more of this. Yeah. So that's sort of the context. And then I was thinking about what we can do as individuals Mm
2: -hmm.
1: to create problem solutions for problems and to innovate, come up with ideas, be creative. Um, And, yeah, I look at my kids and, and there's... You know, a lot of people, there's obviously research being done on this and kids are creative because they're not scared of being judged. But as we get older, we don't want to come out with the outlandish ideas and so we clamp down on a bit of that creative spirit that is probably in all of us. Yeah. Um, and it's a confidence thing. More, you don't, It's almost like you don't lose your creativity, you lose your confidence.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, Making a firm commitment within ourselves to let our creative voice flourish is a is a key step, I think. Thinking, um, it's a bit like that identity thing in terms of habits. You know how I was saying how that how two people were offered a cigarette and one said, "Oh, sorry, no, I'm trying to quit," and the other one said, "Oh, no, thanks, I'm not a smoker." Yeah, even though they were both trying to quit, so it's almost like saying. To yourself I'm a creative person or I'm full of creativity
0: there's a really good um and I don't know if I've mentioned her name's Professor Carol Dweck out of Stanford I think she's at Stanford and she's there's a book you can find she's written quite a lot called Mindset and she has this point she talks very much about young people in this and how we lose that and it's about having um, I can't, I can't remember the exact terms like I've seen it used a number of different ways, but it's kind of like a fixed or growth mindset.
1: Ah uh, yes, yep
0: yeah, so and I think it's a fantastic, really quick shift in mindset where you've got um, and I noticed it, okay when I was working with students and I'd, I'd sort of read a lot of her stuff, and you get the students that had this growth mindset, and that's they were the ones that were creative and willing to risk not knowing. So that's the thing like put your hand up and go I don't know but I'm having a crack what do you think right mm. um, versus the fixed you know that kind of fearful oh no I already know this yeah I know I know what I'm doing you know you don't have oh, to
1: that yeah that
0: kind of thing right so so clearly with fixed you limit yourself with growth you know it's kind of like there's nothing wrong with saying I don't know this you know this yeah. is what I'm thinking what do you think and the more you kind of open up to particularly people from diverse sets of backgrounds and experiences, the more growth you're going to get. So it is a bit of a, it can be a bit of a leap of faith, but when you sort of think, just put your hand up, say, I don't know, versus, oh yeah, I know, I know, I know. So I remember like students where they were like, oh no, I know this already. They didn't become ostracized by the group, but people weren't as excited to work with them you know, whereas the ones going, I don't know about this. Do you? No, I don't. What are you studying? Engineering. What are you studying? Well, I'm doing creative writing. Oh, well, maybe between us, we can find something cool to explore, you know, like, so it is a really, it's a really quick shift though. That's what I really liked about Carol Dweck. It's a very, are you fixed or growth? And here's the tools to kind of, emphasize those qualities or work on them a little bit more for yourself so yeah it's really cool stuff i really love her i think
1: a lot of educators have have um, picked up on that because i see in my kids classrooms talking about growth mindset
0: yeah absolutely some of
1: the statements that show a growth mindset so there's there's a chart um in my daughter's year three classroom where it says uh, i don't know maybe it's yeah i already know this and then that says fixed mindset and then the growth mindset column it says i'm not sure but i want to find out more or something you know so that's it's about perfect. yeah changing your perspective
0: yeah that's carol dweck that's her work wow. and she a lot with young children yeah yeah extraordinary yeah she oh, worked wow. with kids oh. with these extraordinary iqs as well and um i think her story was something like you know she wasn't sure how they'd go and you know she'd asked this kid what he thought about his work and you know, it was like, oh, it's really good work, Tommy. And he'd be like, oh, I was expecting feedback. I was expecting to get feedback and learn from this. (laughs) And she was like, well, I thought, you know, I think she thought, you know, the more sort of, I don't know, high IQ kids would be quite firm in their already existing knowledge and but they were the ones that were like, no, give me more
1: yeah
0: where it could have been better you know like extraordinary stuff like extraordinary it's wonderful so great to see that yeah yeah
1: yeah oh I like that I really like that I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out as as for my um kids as myself yeah oh exactly yeah I bet there's some podcasts on that as well
0: oh for sure she is yeah all over it yeah
1: yeah yeah oh brilliant and um The other thing I read is to um, the other... tip. Well, actually, I want to talk a bit more about that. Can you talk more about sort of what you did with students uh, in terms of enhancing their, I guess, idea generation, their creativity? Because you set up a program to to help students launch business ideas?
0: It was an entrepreneurship program and I worked with someone who's very well regarded in the space to say look we need to set up this program this is what I'm thinking and he had the content and so um, and also with some other amazing people that I worked with obviously but it was my kind of project to drive so it was kind of like well let's create this entrepreneurial mindset um, and we know explore what that means but the way we did it was through uh, delivering design-led thinking and like a lean canvas. So what that kind of breaks down to meaning is design-led thinking. I mean, probably people are a lot aware of it now but... No, oh, tell us um, tell us about it because not sure, it will be. Sure. Yep. So there's different stages of it's kind of like you start with a really big um opportunity space we call it and I just remember there might have been like let's say an example of an airline and you always you kind of generally start and I don't know if they still do it this way but with this how might we statement so you go how might we give people a better in-flight experience on a plane right you're not already going Oh, people on a plane need to have a better experience, and you know, so we're going to start looking at the way the chairs recline. Like, you're not going to that, you're just starting with a really big space to explore. Um, and then there's this whole process of empathy, so you talk to a lot of people about that topic, you know, like you go and talk to people and go, Hey, you know, like when you're flying like, what are you thinking? You know, like, so you have this whole sort of open-ended dialogue with people to kind yeah. of elicit their thoughts. And quite often, you know, I found that we all found that people would sort of go in with this, oh, I know there needs to be better in-flight movies. And I'm sure that's what this audience I talked to was going to tell me. And it would turn out to be something like, you know, if only there was more overheads, you know, cabin storage or something. You know, like yeah. It was always because you were empathising with people. And from that point of empathy, you'd kind of get down to this, well, okay, so this is actually how might we give people a better in-flight experience? Well, this is what 50 people we've spoken to, and here's a whole lot of themes that have come up with. So then we start to explore those a little bit and come with, up with some ideas together as to how we might, solve that problem let's say so um okay so for an example for mine how might we give people a better in-flight experience I've got my bugbear is if someone asked me I wouldn't be talking about in-flight movies I'd be going get me on the plane quicker and off the plane quicker right yes. like from left field whereas other people so then if that was one of the ideas they'd start to ideate that and go well how might we do that like what now that we've got something tangible to work with we're not just making this shit up you know the punter the customer we spoke to is telling me this stuff so from there you start to ideate and come up with ideas and then you start to test those ideas with more people and then you start to iterate like well maybe it's not getting on and off the plane quicker maybe it's you know making the seats wider I don't know but you know what I mean you you yep. constantly refining until you get to a point where you're really prototyping something to put yep. into people's hands to really play with so it starts to become a little bit more tangible um and look, as you go through, it sort of solidifies a bit more, but there's always points where you might go, we might need to tweak and iterate that. Like, so you're always empathising with your customer. Yes. And, or, you know, the punter, whoever that may be, your, your good audience, um, and they will tell you, they will tell you, believe me. Um, and the good thing about that teamwork, when you do it that way, is if you do have people from very diverse backgrounds, so you wouldn't want just a bunch of, people that identify themselves as just entrepreneurs. You know, you'd want someone that's come from, I don't know, working in government, a tradie a poet, you know, a marketing exec You know, like everyone has a very different view of, you know, their own context to something. So they bring a different flavours, which is always exciting. Um, so yeah, that's the kind of idea of design led. And I actually just went through that process sort of informally, but it's kind of a bit second nature to me, I guess now um recently with some logo design I did Um, so yeah that kind of went through that process so and from there we sort of do this lean canvas as as you would know it's kind of like a like a one-page business plan that you can Mm -hmm. you know identify your problem solution and how you are then really going to solve it in a more business sense who your market is you know how you're going to monetize etc so but that design process design led process um the big part is talking to people, you know, Like, it, and the more you talk about your ideas, um, and, you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, if I talk about my ideas, someone's going to steal it, and it's like, you know, it takes a lot of effort to do this. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I told someone a great idea and I thought they'd steal it, you know, they'd be having to work at 10 times the speed I was to get across what was, or you know, what I already knew yeah it is a bit of and you create more groundswell and network by sharing ideas and such um, a great point yeah 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 you do you really do and um so yeah that was that was the design process and it really does again just start with a really big opportunity space don't lock down because then you start because then you have that like confirmation bias going on don't you like You know, like, oh, I think it's the seats need to recline on the plane. So you'd start talking to people like, so how do you feel about the seat, (laughs) you know, on the plane? So you don't want all that slipping in. So keep it wide and broad and you really you know, it's surprising and delighting what people will tell you. And you start at A and you're gonna end up at, you know, L and then you're gonna like end up getting to Z somehow. But it's gonna be, you know, you're on a path trying to stay in one opportunity space, but you know, you've got to be open to uh, the movement and the change and the, and the feedback. Yeah, and that's again that growth mindset, right? Like, just be open to it. Don't we're going to build this app that's going to do X, Y, and Z? You know, you've got to know why you're building it. And you know, again, at the end of the day, you you know, you've got a customer that actually wants to buy what you're selling before you've even started that way. So, yeah, it's a it's an awesome process. I wow. It becomes second nature and I'm sure for like young people these days, like probably your kids at school are doing design they're thinking, you know, and it's slipped into curriculum somewhere. And um, but it, it's great. And it it does come from a creative industries background, and a lot of creatives I know um, will talk about that just being the the normal, you know, the mo of how they're yeah. created in that space. So it has borrowed heavily and but it does give a very strong nod back to the creative community hence in the term design-led so yeah huge fan huge fan
1: wow I love yeah. that I love that aspect of of your experience it's yeah. I'm fascinated by it no, it's know, an- we should do something design-led about designing this podcast like it's, yeah, talking yeah. To people about what aspect of of yeah their experience I guess of the economy during COVID is most problematic for them
0: yeah exactly yeah how yeah start when need if you phrase it with a how might we at the front yeah it starts to refine down what that question is too so mm-hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely
1: yeah awesome
0: mm-hmm. just a few other
1: points that um i came across while i was reading thinking like a tourist oh yeah i like so this. instead of just accepting what's around you because it's part of your everyday life, actually just really noticing. So that mindfulness piece, you know, where you really actually go, oh that that house outside the windows, you know, it's actually quite an interesting shape. The roof line there, it's it's, you know, whatever. Can be very pedestrian or or it might create or generate in your mind your subconscious something that's really quite interesting and and um, generative you know, of ideas.
0: Yeah. I think of don't they sort of, don't artists sometimes teach people to like paint, like they're copy painting or drawing by turning it upside down? So it might yes. be, you know, like a bowl of fruit you've looked at all your life, but turn that upside down and you're going to have a whole other experience. So you wow, see, yeah. maybe you just need to walk around upside down for a while. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I totally get that. I think, again, that's one of those creative ideas, which changes yeah changes those might that the that the, the patterns in the brain that are already formed and set and it's like oh oh new new patterns oh you know yeah. like it does fire you up right yeah yeah really and nice. and the
1: idea of being an anthropologist so I guess that relates to your idea of sort of empathy so actually studying humans in their environment absolutely yeah and help generate ideas and and help you see the the problems that exist absolutely in their, and and you know most business ideas come from trying to solve some sort of a problem Yeah, for someone, yeah. for a target group.
0: There's a really nice story about that um, empathy. Um, I can't remember what the term is some people use for it, that IDEO did. IDEO in San Francisco are really big in this space. Oh, so I, I came across them. In like, yeah, 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 big in this space. And they, um, I think they got, you know, contracted by an oncology clinic somewhere in america i don't know where it was and they were like oh we need to um i can't remember they went to them with the problem that they found that you know like oh it was dingy and they wanted them to come up with some sort of like space design ideas how to make this space that people were having to wait in a little bit more warm and inviting mm. so ideo now,'m I may not be this is a lot this is a long ago story. I'm just trying to remember it, but this is the essence of it. So the IDO team went to this clinic and kind of just hung around and sat in the waiting room for quite some time. I couldn't tell you how long it was, and they watched people and observed exactly what was going on. and they may have had some interaction. And what they found out was that people weren't that concerned of what the place looked like, but there was a waiting time between when they kind of went in and had some first test to see, how long their treatment may be for that day and then getting the treatment, it's something like this, right? So it actually had to do with this wait time. So you get there, get some little first test, am I going to be here all day, am I really sick, do I need a lot of treatment, do I need a little treatment? And they had to wait for this period of time which set them off, like their anxiety (laughs) went through the roof. And so IDEO came back and was like, well, it's not the interior design we need to be worrying about. What can we do about solving this time lag period that's creating all this stress in these people? And um, yeah, this oncology center went, oh, wow, we probably can solve that. So they solved it. So again, that ethnography and uh, watching, observing, listening, they identified what the real problem was and wow. found a solution. Yeah. It's, a, it's a I love that story because yes. it's got so much heart. Yeah. To do with, you know, people suffering cancer and having horrible treatments and all sorts of things, but it, I think it was one of the best examples from IDEO that I read probably about 10 or 12 years ago now. Okay, so yes, yeah. A good one. I'll we'll try, try and find, find that for the yeah, for the i try yeah. and find. I know I always say that, but it's such a special one that yeah, yeah. it's worth sharing. Yeah. for sure. Good. Um
1: a few little, I guess, sort of um, tactical or logistical things that I read about. So keeping an ideas book. Cool. So I actually have a note page, note, a page in my notepad on my phone. That's my ideas book where I just yeah. when I think of something. Yep. Um setting up a creative environment. So we've talked about this before, having a space where you can get stuff done, but but actually thinking about that how that enhances your creativity. Yeah, building a creative network. Um, yep. So actually being around people, and again, that comes back to those those forming those habits from Atomic Habits. That you, if you're around people who are in the habit of being the way you want to be, then you're more likely to become like them and and create the habits to do that.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic.
1: Um, and then I guess some more sort of um sensory sort of things in terms of allowing yourself to daydream, the meditation, following your passions, really Mm -hmm. thinking about the things that you love doing. Mm. um, I was thinking about a quote from that book by Marcus Buckingham, uh, First Break, All the Rules. It was one of the first business books that I read and um, they did a huge research project. I think they interviewed or they surveyed 100,000 people or more about their work life and then they're able to work out which characteristics were likely to be part of teams that were high performing oh yeah one of the things was that people answered yes to the question I am able to do what I do best every day oh my god yeah isn't that so powerful it's good say it again I am able to do what I do best every day. Yeah, that is. So you're not bogged down by paperwork or, oh boy, if you paperwork your thing, then great. Yeah. But if it's not, ah. it isn't for me.
0: No. <laughs> Definitely not for me. You know, you think about what you really. What can you achieve?
1: Yeah, what, what, what are you really best at? What, where, where are you feeling most yourself? What are you doing when you do that? And and find a way to try and to to be able to do that, if not every day, several times a week.
0: Absolutely. That's a really good quote. I really like that too.
1: Yeah. I, really I just like thought it. of that then. I wasn't part of what I was thinking of, but I just remembered it then. It's it's been in my mind. So um that might be a, a spot to to end
0: today's podcast. Did you have anything else to add? No. No, no, no. I'm. I mean, I love the topic of you know innovative solutions in creativity. I mean, that's been something that yeah I've worked in and enjoyed and you a know big part what of you. it yep. is. It's kind of, of, of a DNA thing now. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And definitely surround myself with people that are have that like mindedness too. So and we kind of spur each other on that way, which is fantastic. So yeah,
1: excellent. Well, you
0: spur me on. Oh, you spur me on. See. <laughs> Right. Nice Special admiration.
2: Absolutely.
1: Thanks for your time, Kim. Enjoy the rest
0: of Sydney, and I'll I speak do. to you soon. Okay, lovely. Thanks. See, See you. Later. you bye. bye. Thanks for listening to the Career After COVID podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes, and check out more tips and ideas at careeraftercovid.com.